Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. You know, little children tend to be like sponges. They're just drinking in your every word. They're watching everything you do. Everything you say is true to them. Uh, So now is a good time if you have younger children in the home to start teaching biblical truths, modeling biblical truths like who made you and what is my purpose and why did God make you? I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And uh, Danny, this is something parents can do from a really young age. Like, how young can I start teaching my kid about God? Oh, really, really young. And what's fascinating to me is that empathy begins super early for kids. Uh, 15 months, 18 months, they will pick up on whatever emotions you've got. And so sometimes you have kids that start crying because they see somebody in distress and they have mm. this natural yeah. desire to fix it. They want to they help out. And what, what you want to do is, is begin teaching how kids can be noticers, noticers of God's creation, noticers of what God's Word is all about, noticers of people, and, and maybe you can term it that way. Well, you know, let's be noticers, because then they can become builders in God's kingdom, and that's a great step to become first a noticer of His kingdom early on, then builders and then connectors within that kingdom. And so beginning with them as being noticers of what is good, what they can be grateful for. As, as a parent, how much do you stop and really reminisce on what you're grateful for? Modeling that, putting, putting words to it. Words are super powerful. And as kids begin to learn uh, words and their connection with, with their lives, it, it opens up a whole new world. And let's see what words you're using in your home to help uh, make and create reality for your kids. And then as you're driving or you're with other people, help them notice the good things in people and notice how you're talking about other people and things around you with your spouse or with others around you. Yeah, and that's uh, something that's good to have front and center, particularly if your children are younger, because once they leave the house, it's a little too late to be doing some of that. So uh, if you've got little kids, uh, listen in as Jim Daly and I talked with Ginger Hubbard. She encourages you to especially teach younger kids to learn how to honor God. In the book, you talk about faulty parenting. We've touched on it. But again, I want to make sure the parents listening catch what you're saying, Mm -hmm. specifically that ignoring aspect. And I think, not to stereotype, but I think a lot of dads can fall in that category Mm -hmm. where, you know what, they'll grow out of it. Don't worry about it. You know, and they're reassuring mom. Mom's panicked. Mm -hmm. She's full of fear and now control. Right. Try to get these kids moving in a better direction. So she's full of consequences for the kids. Right, right. So describe those things. So when kids respond the wrong way with these verbal offenses, you're right. Parents often respond in one of two ways. They either ignore the child, um, just hoping that he'll outgrow it, or they administer some sort of punishment, hoping to, as we hear people say, put the fear of God in him. But both of those methods are ineffective because they fail to train and instruct. To ignore a child who is in need of correction may certainly seem more convenient for us sometimes, 
But to ignore a child that has done something wrong and is in need of guidance and training and instructing is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest in the well-being of the child. Yeah, you and don't like on, conflict or that's right. you know, all those things. Right, right. And then on the other hand, consequences for wrong behavior have their place, but they are not a substitute for training and instructing. To just merely administer consequences um, and not following through with that righteous training, that only teaches children one thing, that there are consequences for sin. And while that is a very important lesson, an even greater lesson is teaching children to um, understand that higher calling of living in ways that bring glory to God and bring him that glory that he deserves. Let me ask you this, um, the difference between behavior, as we've talked about, kind of that behavior modification approach Mm -hmm. versus character. And -hmm. I think that's what you're describing is that you can deal with behavior with consequences and those things, but what you're missing is developing the character. So the child chooses to live in a way that pleases God. Is that fair? That's right. That's very fair. You know, to, for a parent to only require that outward behavior, a change in behavior that does not stem from a change in heart, that's really not commendable at all. It's actually condemnable because it's based on the same sort of hypocrisy that Jesus condemned in the Pharisees. Jesus said that they honored him with their lips, that is outwardly, but that their hearts were far from him. And Jesus labeled them as people who washed the outside of the cup while the inside was still unclean. So a wise parent will follow that example of Christ and really learn how to look at the outward behavior, but learn how to reach past that outward behavior and pull out the issues of the heart. And then you can address it from a biblical perspective that's going to help develop Christ-like character. Right. In the other uh, problem you can run into is that you equip your child to be a good veneer Christian. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you know how to operate so you get you look appropriately, right? You do the part, you say right. the right things, but right. underneath it, your behavior isn't good and you're misbehaving in ways as a teenager that you haven't connected your character with behavior. Is that, do you understand what I'm I understand at? exactly what you're saying. And that's what happens when we demand that change behavior, but we fail to reach the heart. Right. Our they children don't know how to learn. act, but they, they don't yeah. know who they are. And there's really no more, that's no more commendable than teaching a seal to jump through a hoop. Mm. You know, kids can learn to um, do what you say out of a fear of punishment and jump through that hoop to avoid consequences. But our purpose in disciplining our children is not just to teach them to avoid consequences and not just to teach them to act right from the outside again, but to really learn to honor God with their lives. And there's so much joy when we do that. Mm. Joyful children are children that have learned to obey and to have self-control and to do what pleases God. Because God, when we do the right thing, God puts joy in our hearts. And so we can affirm that when we see our children do something right. I love it when, um, you know, when kids do something good, one of the first things they want to do is they want to come tell you about it. (laughs) And we need to recognize that and say, you know, that joy that you just have right now that I see bubbling over in your heart, God put that joy in your heart because you just chose to do what honor and pleased him. Mm-hmm. Well, Danny, as you know, we have uh, six children and uh, they're all so very different. I mean, one of my kids learns by doing, another was drawn more to reading and the cognitive side of life. How do kids' temperaments affect how they learn about God? 
Oh, it's, it's, it's big. Uh, really about life in general. Our temperament is our filter, an initial filter of how we take reality in, our perceptions, how we interact with what we've seen and what, we're, what we have in front of us. And there are some uh, temperaments that are more inclined to want to read and study Scripture, and there are some that want to have more of the outdoor experience. There's some that really get into the prayer side of things and that emotional connectedness, and there's some that love the musical side of the connectedness with God. And that's a good starting point. Keep in mind that temperament does not mean that's the, the destination for your kids. That's the initial filter. Help them learn how to experience God from multiple perspectives. But that's a good way to initially understand how your kid is connecting hmm. with the Heavenly Father and, they, and, and really create the temperament differences, not as liabilities, but as really great strengths within the home where we get different pictures of Christ. And I think I've said it before in the show, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are perfect examples of taking in Jesus's ministry from different perspectives, but we needed all four perspectives to get the full picture. I appreciate that. That's a really good one. I, I don't know that you've shared that here before, but that's that's really good to just remember each person is wired differently celebrate that and look for God in the composite of all those perspectives. Well, for more biblical advice about parenting, let me encourage you to get Ginger's book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That. That's a great resource. It'll help you uh, point younger children to Christ. And when you make a generous donation to Focus on the Family today, we'll send a copy of that book as our way of saying thanks for joining the support team. Details in the episode notes or give us a call here, 800-A-FAMILY. I should mention that we'll also, in the notes, uh, link over to our free parenting assessment. It's maybe a four- to five-minute uh, project. It's going to give you a quick picture of what's working well and maybe uh, one or two areas of growth as a mom or a dad. Next time, more from Ginger about getting to the root causes of your child's behavior. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm.